0: You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. The Holy Spirit has brought me to a to a, a strange understanding of something and of, of levels of breakthrough and revelation. This is if I, If I graded them, this might be a, a two or a three on a, on a scale of ten, as far as just how shocking what God has shown me. But when I consider the enormity of the problem that it's addressing, the revelation changes significantly. I'm going to talk about two things and because and I'm not sure exactly how the two things completely connect. But I want us to uh, I want us to look at uh, four scriptures just uh, that I randomly picked, uh, and with these four scriptures, you, you will understand, I think, pretty quickly uh, what the topic is—at least half the topic. The first one, the one that says as clearly as it possibly can, is Proverbs chapter three, verse five, and it's probably one that if I started it. Uh, Many of you could finish the scripture in Proverbs 3, 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. The next one, Psalm 28, verse 7. The Lord is my strength and my shield, my heart trusted in him, and I am helped. Therefore, my, my heart greatly rejoices, and with my song will I praise him. The next one is Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11. It says, In whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who works all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the grace of his glory who first trusted in Christ. The last one, 1 Timothy 4.10. For therefore we both labor and suffer reproach, Because we trust in the living God, who is the Savior of all men, especially of those that believe. So from those scriptures, what do you think the topic is? Trust. You got it. Why is it such a problem? Why is it almost impossible in the believing world to find? It is the most elusive. I don't see it. It's rare, rare, rare that I see it. Trust. It's evident, especially in the things that we recognize that we had. If It's not that we don't trust him. It's that we have organized our lives, including me, so that if he doesn't come through, I've got a lot to fall back on. I trust a lot of things. I trust that this will be there and this will be there. And we put put our trust in many, many things. Simply, largely because we can. But the one thing that we rarely trust is Him. And so when I start talking about the enormity of this revelation, it doesn't seem extremely profound. It seems like it's a two or three on the scale of of 10 because I've had some revelations that have just flipped my world upside down. This one doesn't seem to do that. But when I recognize the enormity of the problem that within the Christian world I can't find trust, then I realize the revelation may be much more significant than I would have first thought. And here's the, here's the issue. Here's, here's what he showed me. Those scriptures, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. There's that word all in there. And lean not unto thine own understanding. I'm, I've got to go back to this illustration. When you walk in, because you've been in here before, because you have sat in these chairs before, when you walk in, you believe with all your heart, you don't even think about it or consider it, that if you sit down in one of these chairs, that this chair won't hold you. Now, that's a belief. Now, when in the moment you sit in the chair, put your weight in the chair... That's faith. But you, if you want to know how the Christian life often looks, it looks more like this. Okay, I I believe it'll hold me. And by faith, I sit in it. This is the way the Christian life looks. What's wrong here? Yeah, I'm not resting in it. I won't stay in it. Now, what would be the chance that I wouldn't stay in it? I don't what? Why would I not sit in it and rest? Because I don't what? I don't trust it. Because trust is built on the reality that if it's going to hold me this second, it'll hold me the next one. And it will hold me the next one. And it will hold me the next one. You see, I rest here. And again, I've talked about this a lot. You know, this trusting in this chair lets me do the supernatural. I'm, I'm, I'm acting in a supernatural way right now because of this chair. Remove the chair, what happens to me? I fall because I, there's no way that I can maintain this impossible position... If you take the chair away. So the chair is allowing me because I'm trusting it. I'm trusting it so that it can do something impossible. And the evidence of the chair is impossible. Now think about this for just a second in this illustration. The position that I have here demonstrates the chair. Is that right? So my my resting in the chair lets the chair and its function be seen by the very actions of my body I am conformed to the way the chair is shaped so we're, we're covering we're covering some ground here what he showed me is it very very few Very, very few people, believing people, have a relationship with God that moves much past the last good thing God did. We stand in this moment in awe of something God did. And in two months, three months, we stand in awe of this good thing that God did and we, there'll be another one, maybe two weeks or three weeks, we, we hear a testimony and we stand in awe, or we experience something, or we have a prayer request answered, or we hear him and we're, we have an opportunity to be obedient. That will not build trust. It will demonstrate faith, but it won't build trust because we don't have anything in the middle if i spread it if i spread you out and put 3 or 4 chairs between each one of you where you were just sitting individually it would be very difficult for me to t- to tell you how to trust each other because because you're you're separated i need something in between you that would sustain you and that would and that, and that would consistently every day prove second by second by second that God will do every second what he did in that one moment. That's why I'm I'm telling you it's hard to find. I can find people who will talk about great moments. I just find very few people who live depending on him every day where their trust is in him every day so that by every action of their life, as much as possible, they are putting trust in him so that every day our body conforms to his image. Because if I'm trusting in him as i trusted in the chair, my body is going to take on the form of him because I'm leaning into him. I'm leaning on him. For, for, for a strange example, if, if I was leaning on the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit was here, it was here at a 45-degree angle. Strange thought, but if he was. And I was leaning on him, trusting him, what would my body look like? I would be in that position. If he was here, levitating four feet, and I'm laying on top of him, my body would, would take on that position of the Holy Spirit. And God, God showed me today as I'm, I'm having this conversation with him this question of trust. He says, because people aren't, aren't willing to build a personal history with me that goes beyond these major events. You read in people's journals, they're describing these major events. What's happening in, the, in between that builds trust? It's not there. We trusted other things. Lean not. And What's it? Said, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Well, we have a major event that we talk about, and then we lean on our own understanding, and we wait for the next major event, and that's the way we know God. Yeah, but and it doesn't change it doesn't change, your, it doesn't change the, the the plan of your heart or the intent of it or the, or, the, or the and I think maybe I'll answer this better when I give the next part that it, seemed, it seemed disconnected, but then he, then he kind of strangely connected it. But the thing that's missing for me is that we don't know how, nor have we, nor do we find a great deal of interest in knowing how to, how to live in this relationship. I mean, I wrote, I just put a couple of notes on the side of this paper. These are, these are words that he gave us. Pray without ceasing so that you live every day in, these, in between these things with this prayer on you all the time, where you're in this constant conversation between him and you're constantly listening in anticipation of him speaking. See, that will begin to build this personal history. I mention this pretty often, that we all need a personal history, and we discover it because we pick up the Bible and we read and the Holy Spirit reveals to us, and now I've got, a, I've got another entry that goes in between these two that happened a month apart. And I, and I, and I'm, I have a prayer life with him that is, that is this constant prayer life. And, you know, we, we pray with the expectation and we see the, we see the answer to that prayer and we have another moment. So the, moment but, so the moments are now not a month apart, they're a week apart. Because the more frequent they are, the greater the trust. We, 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 have this, we have this personal journey with it. this, again, this anticipation when I wake up every morning and the prayer every morning at our dinner table when we're having breakfast. Father, you have put in this day miraculous things. You have put in this day blessing and goodness. And thank you, Father, that Jan and I get to go now and find where you put it. I'm, I'm trusting him, looking for him always in big things and small things. Repairing Kate and Ryan's garage doors the other day, just kind of rebuilding some things. Such joyful moments for me because I found him in it. Just in the simplicity of doing something like that, I found him in those moments. And I'm realizing there's this contentment. The garage doors had rotted at the bottom, so I'm having to rebuild these things. And it's just, I'm hammering away and dirt going everywhere. And there's this contentment that comes over me. Like God says, I just need you to know, I'm going to put a signature on this. And I'm going to write peace across your heart. In this moment, in this very strange moment. To sit with the grandkids last night because Carrie's in Washington, D.C. doing some things and helping Jay get the girls ready. And then Kate Ryan was at the city council meeting late last night, so I went down and helped her, and Jan stayed down and helped Jay and the contentment in the moment. I tell you, when when we begin to cultivate the relationship, instead of anticipating these moments, we cultivate this relationship, the trust will build because it has to be moment by moment. And if we don't know it by moment by moment, then let's just make it week by week. Let's go from a month at a time to a week at a time, and then we'll begin to realize that when I start anticipating in a week, I'm going to find him every other day. But we're cultivating a relationship. We know what it takes to trust each other. I know, I know why, why, why Shorty trusts Teresa. I'm not confused about that. It's because it's proven every day. If she took one day out of the week and just disappeared, and there was nothing, he didn't know where she was. The fact that whether she did anything right or did anything wrong wouldn't matter. The fact he didn't know where she was, that there was no contact, would, the trust would begin to like, wait a minute, that's not okay. It's the consistency in it that we don't cultivate through the Holy Spirit, with God each day, because we don't look for Him, we don't anticipate Him. And one of the things that He showed me, now I want to go with me to 1 John chapter 4. While you're going there, He also, along with pray without ceasing, He says, I'll never leave you alone. I will, ne- I will always be with you, I'll never forsake you. He's telling us that we'll never have a moment in any week, in any hour, in any second or minute of that, of that hour, that he won't be present. He's saying, I'm right here. If you want a relationship, you don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to do anything. I'm present in the moment. But you have to, how did the trust form? It, It formed in a belief that this chair would hold me. It took the act of faith to get me in the chair. And then it took rest to keep me here. And here's the one that blows our minds. If trust always causes me to look like what I put my trust in, you can put your trust in money and start looking exactly like money. Make sense? You can put your trust in somebody and you'll start looking like the somebody. Somebody you will start taking on the characteristics and the images of those things. You can trust power, and you will look like power. It's not hard to look around the world and see it. You can tell what people trust. Because they're taking on and conforming to those things that they trust. We all do. He's saying, I will always produce in you the supernatural." You trust me because I'm a supernatural God. You will always look supernatural to the people around you. They won't understand how you hear what you hear. They won't understand how you know what you know. They won't understand that you have the wisdom that you have or that, or that the tenderness that you have or the grace that you have. You know, they will never understand you because, because of the trust you have in him, put you there b- by believing in him, put you there by the faith you placed in him. You stay in him. The trust becomes evident and we become the evidence of a supernatural God. This is Jesus who's doing supernatural things and he says he is the expressed image of the Father. Look at me, see him. It would be very interesting if you and I walked out of this and all of us were walking at a 45 degree angle. Because the Holy Spirit is walking at a 45 degree angle. I'm trusting him, I look just like him. But here's the strange part. God told us what he looks like. He told us the angle that he's standing. He's telling he has made it real plain what we will look like when we trust him. We're not we won't even be confused. We won't be misunderstood. We won't look odd. To him, we, the supernatural that he wants to create through us, we know exactly what he looks like. Go with me, again, if you're probably already there, First John chapter 4. I'm going to read quite a bit of this. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out of the world. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God, Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof you have heard that it should come, and even now already is in the world. You are of God. Little children have have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. They are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world hears them. See, you're going to be of the world, you're going to look like the world. That's what he's saying. And it sound like that. If you're going to put your faith in the world, trust the world, you're going to look like it. You're going to speak of the world, and the world hears them. We are of God. He that knows God hears us. He that is not of God hears not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone that loves is born of God and knows God. He that loves loves not knoweth not God, for God is love. What am I going to look like if I trust him? What am I going to look like? Going to look like love. See, there's the angle. If I'm leaning into a God... That is love, I'm going to look like him. Now, when I got to this, and and the, not ever I know that not everybody has the weirdness that I have, and a lot of people have already come to understandings of things that I'm just now coming to. But it is hard to consider what that verse means. God is love. Because it's much easier to conceptually say God loves me or cons- much more conceptually easier to understand if I say I love God. That's an emotion. That's an action that I take. That's not what this says. It says that if, if I could hug him, if I could embrace him, I'm not embracing an emotion. I'm not embracing an action taken toward me. I'm embracing a person whose very essence, whose name is, who cannot function outside of love. You see, when we said yes to him as a believer, I said yes to love. I said yes to God, and God is love, and I said yes to love. I had an encounter with love. Love put his arms around me. Love held me. Love secured me so when i when i sit over here in this i put my faith in this god whose name is love and i trust him who's in, what was the image that i conform to yeah love i will look by trust like love and it's not an event it's not a situation it's not a moment when somebody asks me to do something kind for somebody else. It's something that I cannot stop because I'm trusting this chair. The minute, again, that I stop trusting the chair, I don't look like the chair anymore because I can't do this by myself because it's creating in me the supernatural. So the unusual part of this is that God, when I put my faith and trust in him, I'm going to, I'm going to conform to him and what he looks like, and he looks like supernatural love agape unconditional unsituational love that's what I look like and not to jo- not to just those who love me back but to those who don't love me to those who disregard me completely but it doesn't change anything because I'm not conforming to them. I'm not conforming to the world. I'm not, I'm not the essence of what the world says is valuable. I'm not putting my trust there. Or if I do, I will look just like them. But one of the reasons I can tell that there's very little trust in the kingdom of God is that I don't see many people who are living as the evidence of a supernatural love. And that's exactly who he is. It's not an action I feel because not everybody would, would want to do this. But if somebody came, Jan, came and sat on me, whose image would she bear? The chairs. Still the chair. It's passed through. It's passed through. So, if if the love of God is holding me, because I put my trust in the love of God, God who is love, then when somebody leans on me, they're going to experience the love of God, not the love of me. Passes through. Where are you, Adam? Yeah. Yeah. It's the same place we go in between these major events. It's where we go in between Sundays. It's where we put our trust and where we put our faith. And he said, where'd you go? I didn't go anywhere. Where did you go? Because I want, you're my image. Now we can do the same thing with, with God is good. When Jesus says, there's none good but my father. So we know he's good. So the goodness of God will also pass through us because we're conformed to his goodness as well. Let's keep reading this for a second. Verse 9. In this was manifested the love of God toward us. Think of these words. Now, with this illustration, kind of let these words sink in. In this was manifested, it showed up, the love of God toward us because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Herein is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and send his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. If I'm going to sit in the chair and Jan sits in my lap, she ought to experience the love of God as well. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwells in us, and his love is perfected in us. Hereby know we that, that we dwell in him, and he in us, because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and do testify Hear the words. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwells in him and he in God. And we know and we have known and believe the love that God has to us. God is love. There it is again. And he that dwells in love dwells in God and God in him. Keep thinking of the chair when we read that. Let me read it again, that very last part. And he that dwells in love dwells in God and God in him. How could we ever separate ourselves from that? If the love of God, if I dwell in the love of God and the love of God dwells in me, then I will put on display because I trust him. The only way this can be changed is if I leave the chair. Because I don't trust him. I don't rest in it all the time. I can get up and I can leave the chair because I've been trained that the relationship with God is not about the minute by minute, but it's the event by event. It's the, it's the last testimony, the last Bible study, the last word I heard, the last conversation I had. It's about actions and events. And God's saying, but there's got, if you're going to trust me, there's got to be this connecting fiber That goes through all of this. It's relationship. It's that you're leaning on me all the time. You're knowing that I'm I'm love all the time. I'm goodness all the time. And absent. I I had this conversation with someone today. You know. So I I got this. I got this note from this person. I told her. I said. You know. I want you to text me. Because. She was delivered a few weeks ago, and, I said, and God, she's in my office today. God turned up something else that had been buried a long time. And I said, I'm not going to pray with you this time. I need you to do it by yourself because when he does this from now on, you may not be around anybody. I want you to very quickly be able to recognize he turned something else up. I want you to get rid of it. So she, she sent this note. I asked God to take not smart enough away, and he did in my car at 321 p.m. What's the value of that? Why did I have her write that down? Yeah, I want her to recognize that that's a moment. But I also told her, I said, as you begin to know him, and the the power of him, the love of him, that that these will become closer and closer, and there will be many, many situations that happen in between, not because you're waiting for the event, because you trust him. If he's going to turn something up that was broken, you can trust him that he did it on purpose so that you can immediately ask him to take it away and be free of it. And I said, because you won't have to wait long, he's going to turn something else up. You see, we don't have a history with God. We have a testimony of an event. This is what God did. Rarely do we hear somebody talking about a testimony of the ordinary, everyday walking with God. Just this trust all the time. Because we've been trained to give testimonies of events. Church is an event. Hoping, planning for the event. Let's go a little further. Verse 17, herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear hath torment. He that fears is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. If a man say, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. You see why? If I'm going to sit in this God that is that is. Identity is love, and I'm going to take on the image of this God in whom I place my trust and my faith and my belief, then I'm going, there's not a way that I'm going to be able to hate my brother because I, I would have to hate my brother from the conformed image of God. Can't do it. He's not saying that we, we can't, but he's saying if you're going to hate your brother, you've got to stand up out of the chair and do it because you can't do it while you're sitting there. For he that loves not his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment have we from him, that he who loves God loves his brother also. The connecting fiber that allows us to trust is we recognize that we've had an encounter with love. His name was Jesus. His name is the Father. His name is the Spirit. We've had an encounter with God, and his name's love. And as long as I simply rest, trust Him, love and goodness will be the evidence of my story, and I won't have to try. The greatest thing being, about being able to sit in the chair and put on the display the image of the chair is it required nothing of me, except that I trust Him and stay in the chair. Y'all all look stunned. <laughs> Trust is the elusive thing. And it's only, the strangest part is it's really only toward God because we trust many things. From the blood pressure medication that I take, I trust it that it will keep everything in line there. I trust that the yellow line on on a highway will keep the other cars on the other side or I wouldn't be out there. Everything we do in our life is about trust. We tr- we're trusting something. I trust that my pickup will start when I turn the key. I trust that the gas pump will have gas when I, when I put my credit card in. I trust, I trust, I trust, I trust. Don't even think about it. But when it comes to trusting God, remaining there, it seems elusive. Thanks for listening to this For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.